I'm Corey Crenshaw. I'm Richie Suave Flores. And this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Network. day of coyotes hockey of the season it is the second day of the season in general i hope you all enjoyed watching some hockey again yesterday and i hope you enjoy even more watching coyotes hockey tonight if you are listening to this in the morning if you're listening to this as your pregame, then you are freaking awesome good timing um we've got some interesting stuff to talk to you guys about because it's it's a lot of actual like hockey talk it's nice the last two episodes have been pretty hockey filled and it's just nice to get back into that groove so can't start talking about it until i introduce my wonderful and amazing co-host as always richie suave flores how you doing hello Corey. i'm glad to be back i was i missed the sunday episode um because I was at work all day long and had some, and and then I did my other job too, so I was unable to participate in the last episode. Albeit, I was literally twenty feet away from you and Cat while you were recording the episode. I I was unable to do it, so I'm glad to be back, and I'm glad to be back on the first day of the Arizona Coyotes 2021 season. It's going to be an exciting ride over the next what 115 days or so. A lot of goals scored on opening night in the NHL, and I expect the same uh, in the Coyotes and, and Sharks opener as well. Without, without preseason, a shortened training camp of only a couple weeks, I expect a lot of goals early on in a lot of these games, and I am very excited to be back on the show during actual hockey season. Exciting. Isn't it? I was literally like counting down today. I mean, obviously we're recording on Wednesday. So yeah, I was like counting down to 3.30 today. As soon as I got to the last half hour is when I got really antsy. And that's when I tweeted out, you know, we're, we're only half an hour away because I got so antsy about being able to just listen to hockey while I'm, while I'm working. It was so nice to just be able to be back in the hockey world for once. I feel like we have so much like stress of everything else that's going on in the world that it's just nice to be able to to focus i can't speak i'm like so tired i'm not even able to even speak today um focus on hockey again and it was a crazy busy day today too because not only was there hockey and i joked about this on the twitter and I, i was like oh wow i completely forgot that hockey started today because we not only had hockey starting we had one of the biggest trades the NBA has seen in years, I'd say, with James Harden moving on to the Brooklyn Nets in like a crazy four-team type trade. And then we also, of course, had uh, the impeachment of the president today, too, which also happened. So in terms of busy days on your calendar to start 2021 – Today, it's going to be hard to top today with how busy it was. I'm speaking of Wednesday, of course. So I almost forgot there was hockey, but I, I tuned in. I watched a little bit of 
of the Flyers and Penguins game, and it was fine. It was okay. It was it was nice to have it back. Watched a little bit of the the Blackhawks game. They got crushed by the Tampa Bay Lightning, who are missing Nikita Kucherov, their best player, and they managed to shellack the Blackhawks. So. Once again, Corey, you nailed it by saying the Blackhawks were going to be the team to shit the bed. They look like absolute garbage, and they might, and they're going to be in contention for the number one overall pick, like we talked about previously. So once again, the people who were shitting on us online and shitting on you for saying that the Blackhawks were going to shit the bed, I hope they were watching that opening game with the Lightning because the Blackhawks better look like an NHL team out there. Thank you. I appreciate that. It was funny because people wanted to get on me for saying that, like, oh, in order for you to shit the bed, you have to, like, be projected to be good. And I was like, eh, I'm just saying they're going to shit the bed in the fact that, like, it, they're so far deep gone that there's no coming back for them. I know, like, the initial, like, thought process for shitting the bed is that you, you're expected to do well and then you don't. But I just mean, like, you can also kind of take it in my way too of literally just shitting the bed like off the bat there is no great expectations it's just shit you're so knee deep in shit there's no way to get out and i and i just feel like that team is going to be that way this year and um you know some of it's not fault of their own injuries do that to a team but um thank you for saying that because yeah i was i was getting some shit online about it i was like are you serious right now you guys are gonna give me shit about that it's funny because like your leafs pick didn't even get as much shit as my pick and my pick was a very obvious one i know i just wanted to do mine because i wanted to piss off leafs fans but like I think they know that I was correct, so they couldn't even come back at me with anything. They were like, yeah, you're probably right. It's been this way for 20-plus years. And I believe, I don't know if the Leafs won or not on Wednesday. I'd, I'd have to pull up the score. Let's take a look here. I know they went to overtime, of all things, in their, their season opener. Austin Matthews, I believe, was left off the score sheet, if I'm not mistaken. But they won in overtime. So there you go. Congratulations, Maple Leafs. You had to go to overtime against the Montreal Canadiens of all of all teams. It it's funny because um, because of Austin Matthews, we would like them to do well um, in that sense. Just because the more publicity he gets, the more publicity. Yeah, I want Austin Matthews to do well. I don't care about the team. Like I want the team to shit the bed on a consistent basis. So he goes, God, I don't want to play here anymore. I don't want to be in this Toronto media anymore. I want to come back home. That is a rough place to be. There's a lot of, like, really rough Canadian markets. And I don't think people ever really acknowledge that in the fact that, like, Canadian markets can be tough. Like, um, you know, Coyotes have a bad game. They have a bad season. Whatever. They can still go walking outside, walking around. No one's going to really say that much shit. Um, there's going, you know, they'll get raked over the coals in the media, but there's really not that many media outlets that cover that much coyotes in, in all honesty. Um, you know, outside of the magnificence of Richie and I, but, um, (laughs) but so in the end, they don't get really that raked over the coals you fuck up in Canada, those markets will annihilate you and um, 
the Leafs market happens to be one of the worst. I mean, I will always say the French Canadian market is rough because you have both the English um, writers and the French writers, and they are very aggressive people. So it it's very, but it's and they literally travel with like basically what I like to call a circus. Every time I've ever like. I've taken like pictures before of how much media they travel with and it's scary. Like it's full blown like um an entourage on roids. And so you you kind of have to get used to that, I think, as a player. And and I'm sure like Austin Matthews is coming from Arizona, um and, and going into a, a market like the the Leafs because just Toronto is very passionate about their hockey and it's the same thing if you go to the Canadians and and they're like I said their giant entourage that follows behind you have to be able to handle that and honestly there's players that have left because they get really fucking tired of that market like um, on both ends you're just like but I I mostly hear about the Leafs though like that's the one I always end up hearing like they get tired of everyone's bullshit all the time. I don't blame him. I think Phil Kessel was one of them, too. Where he basically got ran out of town by the media there, and then he went on to Pittsburgh and won a couple of Stanley Cups, and I was here in, in Arizona. And so he's a perfect example of it, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if Austin Matthews is the next player to get ran out of Toronto at some point because they haven't been able to win a Stanley Cup because they're that's pretty much what their expectations are every year in that market is Stanley Cup or bust and eventually Austin Matthews is going to be like the scapegoat there and be like even he can put up 100 points a season and be like well Austin Matthews didn't show up on the playoffs so it's all his fault but we digress about the Toronto Maple Leafs and because this week was a busy week for Coyotes news the last time we dropped an episode was on Monday morning and by the time it dropped it was already um already full of older type news as far as the Coyotes are concerned because Monday morning we learned that Shane Doan is back in the Coyotes organization. Finally, after several years away, after a really bad breakup um, with, you know, involving the previous owner of the, of the Coyotes and it was a mess and now he's back because the Coyotes announced that Shane Doan is going to be serving as the chief hockey development officer. He's going to direct report directly to the Coyotes president and CEO, Javier Gutierrez, and will serve as a strategic advisor to owner chairman, Alex Marullo, and Bill Armstrong. So having Shane Doan around this organization on a consistent basis is going to be a great thing. A lot of people were happy about this. It was a long time coming. And to have him back in the fold and back in the office on a daily basis is great because – Donor is, in my opinion, and a lot of other people's opinion, he's the best shining star example in terms of a spokesperson for the team. And they were kind of missing that a little bit over the last couple of years. But now Donor can be the guy that is, he's developed those relationships now with the league by working with the league for several seasons. And, and maybe that will pay off down the road, but... To have him back in the organization, finally a good thing. 
It reminds me of, you know, Randy Johnson and Luis Gonzalez after they retired. Now they're back in the in the Diamondbacks organization as, you know, ambassadors and they're either on the broadcast a lot or around the team a lot more often. And that's a good thing when you can keep your you know, your faces of your team previously inside the organization because it keeps people kind of attached to the team, right? It's like, oh look, there's there's Shane Doan. He was great. I loved watching him play, and to have him back continuing the organization is uh, is a is an amazing, terrific, cool thing. And I'm excited to see kind of what he can he can do with back with this franchise now. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's funny that you bring that up um, because Luis Gonzalez was um, is honestly one of the coolest people. He's so down earth, so nice, and he he makes the back end of that team like you know like in in the office wise makes it such a cool place to be because of the fact that he is so friendly with everyone everyone there and the fact that he you know he adds so much to it and he just enjoys being there and in all honesty there's such a similarity between him and Doan in that respect and the fact that Doan just likes being a part of the organization and being able to be there and help people out and um, bring awareness. I mean, it's it's a very easy move for him to make into this position, considering the fact that he he's still active in um, hockey here in the state, and he you know he coaches his son's team. He's at Iceland a lot, and so it's not a a big reach for him. And I think we were all expecting this. At some point or another, we knew that he was going to be coming back to the team at some point. It was just when was he going to? And there was already even like talks um, and rumblings on the internet about him coming back. Once we all found out that Trika was leaving, it was kind of like, okay, how long is it going to be now until um, Doan comes back? Because we all know that there was there was a bit of a falling out there and um, some sourness that kind of stayed you know, until there was new ownership and, and a new GM. And so this is kind of a fresh start for everyone involved. And it's great for the fans because, you know, Shane Doan has always been the face of this organization. It's not very often you get someone who spends their entire career with one organization. I, I wouldn't say one team because he's been technically like with, you know, it, there's a name change and a move in there. But, um, so the fact that he's been with the organization through his entire career is very rare and it's something very special. And the fact that he, um, you know, is going to be back with his team and is going to be back in the face of it in the developmental side, I think is such a big deal and such an addition to the team going forward. Yeah. And it's, it's the title of his role is very open-ended and so it's kind of unclear to me, at least, like what he's going to be doing on a day-to-day basis with the team. But I think both of us are like, yeah, oh, that doesn't really matter. It just it's the fact that he is back attached to the franchise is the biggest part of this entire thing. According to the press release here, it said he will support the club's business and hockey operations department and advise on major club decisions and initiatives. I, I think he's also technically taking over some stuff that Lindsey Fry was doing. Am, am I incorrect on that? Um, I, I think their roles are very similar, I, I, I think. 
because um, it kind of went on and to say in the in that piece where it because um, that's what ba- Lindsay Fry is. He was she's another ambassador. She works mainly, obviously, with the women's hockey part of the Coyotes, and we'll get to the big announcement from Lindsay Fry in just a moment, which is incredibly cool news as far as I'm concerned, not just for the Coyotes, but for the NHL and for the sports landscape in general. But I think that's a good comparison. Is that like kind of what Lindsey Fry was doing with the women's game? Shane Doan can uh, can do that in other places throughout the community. Yeah, that. so I, I think it's basically, for community-wise, that part of it, it's, it was basically born for him to do and the fact that he already still kind of does it even though um he wasn't officially with the team it's just nice for him to be officially with the team again as i'm sitting here staring at the shirt that i have signed by the entire team um his last season it has a don't on the back of it i still haven't like framed that or done anything with it i really need to do something with that um with that shirt because how many years has it been now that he's been retired so that uh that was signed with the last season he played so it's 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 been sitting there for a while i, I really need to do something with that uh, sell it on ebay just I kidding I sell it on ebay i have that with my 20 uh 20th anniversary plaque so you know i need to put some put that somewhere maybe i need a bigger place i need more space in the walls yes that's true. There you go. That's your solution. <laughs> the solution's a very costly one. Yes, exactly. I think, although I think getting a nice shadow box would be a lot easier. Touche. Touche. And then you can like put it on the on the ceiling. Put it. Put it on the ceiling. I'll put it. Mm-hmm. I'll put it above the the guest bed in my place. So that way, if you if you come and it happens to fall off the ceiling, it's gonna fall on you. <laughs> uh yeah that'd be fine because then i'd be like if uh, if i was killed by it then the headlines would say uh <laughs> richie murdered by shane doan picture <laughs> and then richie murdered by uh uh shirt signed by uh doan final season team <laughs> oh my god wouldn't that be a headline mm-hmm that would that would be a headline worthy of of, a, of someone else's podcast random shit segment <laughs> that is true we would make someone else's random shit although does anyone else do a random shit segment i feel like we're extra special in that way um there are probably other podcasts that try to do it and replicate it but not as well as we do. Like, I don't, I, I don't think any other podcast has talked more about uh, penis length and and uh, we also had the we had the vagina story. Oh, more about penis length and and vaginas than this show. Richie, that you wanted to to talk about um, was what what was it? Was it a Dutch penis or something or a show? Um, and, and I totally, you told me to talk about it when Kat was on and I forgot. And so I feel like you need your opportunity to, to what was it? It was a show about a big, a big penis. I'm not a hundred percent sure what I'm talking about. 
Um, let me bring it up here because I haven't. I okay. Here we go. Here it is. Right here is the story. I'm bringing it up right now. Um. So this is a show in Denmark that has launching a children's TV show about a man with a giant penis. Um. And this is the head. This is how the story reads. John Dillermand has an extraordinary penis, so extraordinary, in fact, that it can perform rescue operations, etch murals, hoist a flag, and even steal ice cream from children. The Danish equivalent of the BBC has a new animated series aimed at four to eight year olds about John Dillermand, the man with the world's longest penis who overcomes hardships and challenges with his record-breaking genitals. Unsurprisingly, the series has provoked debate about what good, good children's television should and should not contain. It premiered uh, recently, and opponents have condemned the idea of a man who cannot control his penis. Is this really the message we want to send to children while we are in the middle of a huge Me Too wave? Wrote a Danish author. I can't believe this is real. I feel like I'm reading from The Onion. I am not. I am reading from The Guardian, which is an actual website. What is that? Who came up with that? Honestly, who came up with that? I also would like to say screw you to any of the people that make fun of me for liking Rick and Morty. Because there are people, apparently, that thought it was a good idea to make a show about a man's penis who could lift a flag and take take uh, ice cream from children mm-hmm. okay now that's also like we're we're on the edge of pedophilia here and we're it's yeah we're also on the edge of like so he's he can't control it and he's also doing mean things like taking literally like taking candy from a baby situation and then raising a flag it's also the most random variety of things like why would you choose those things and was it someone just sitting there going okay well i'm reading like the guinness book of world records oh someone has the longest penis i should make a there's so many other great records that you probably could have made some dumb show off of other than a man having a mm-hmm. majorly long penis. I don't get it. Don't get it. So here's the uh, uh, more of an explanation as to what this thing here. Um, <laughs> so Diller is Danish slang for penis. And Diller Mand, which is the name of the show, literally means penis man. This person lacks creativity. <laughs> and allegedly, according to this, um, it says that when a woman in the show tells him that he should keep his penis in his pants, for instance, he listens, which is nice. He is accountable. That, that's their excuse? That's their response to the people talking about the Me Too movement? Yep. And and I'm not even sure how I would feel about this as as a an adult show. I just feel like that's weird. But as a kid show on top of it. I don't know. I just feel like we've gone a long ways from Scooby-Doo, you know? <laughs> I agree. It's um 
Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know what's going on in Denmark there, man, but they are on some sort of shit there. I mean, like next thing we know, there's going to be some some guy's ball sack solving crimes. <laughs> like where does it go from there? They actually the very end of the article here is um um one of the guys uh oh, the broadcaster of it called DR responded to the latest criticism by saying it could just as easily have made a program about a woman with no control over her vagina. And the most important thing was that the children enjoyed Don Dillermand. John Dillermand. Okay. It would be just as weird to do a kid show about someone who can't control, or some, like, a vagina that can't be controlled. That's Mm -hmm. just as weird. Just because you threw a female body part in there doesn't make it less weird. I like their attempt, but no. I agree. I kind of want to watch like a like a part of the show just to see like what what exactly is happening there. But uh, if anyone has watched the show in the Sporty Nation, um, tell us what you think, Um, please. If it's um, oh, I guess it would have to be on social media. So um, try and keep it somewhat G-rated. Um, but I, I would like to know what um, what you experienced when you watched that. And I, I may regret saying that. I'm, I, I'm already kind of regretting it as I'm saying it. But I'm also really curious. <laughs> I, I, I just like I said I just want to watch like two minutes of it and see if it's really all it's cracked up to be and it's probably on YouTube but I, I don't know it's but yeah so you were wondering what I was talking about there you go thank you I mean we, we just threw some random shit in the middle of this episode but you know that's fine that's fine it's it's genuinely it was random shit at a random time so it, it totally works but I just yeah I'm not kidding you Kat and I stopped the last episode and i go richie like we went into such a great deep dive into um the coyotes preseason going into like foreshadowing into the season and all this stuff and had some great insight in this one and his first response was did you guys talk about the penis show and my response was to be slightly dumbfounded and then I said, no, we totally forgot to talk about that. I can't believe we forgot to talk about the penis show. And then, like, not too long after, I was like, eh. Once, once Richie comes back, we will definitely talk about the penis show. So, I mean, we still got it in just, you know, a couple days later. <laughs> there you go, Sporty Nation. That's our, our penis talk for the week. I, I can guarantee you... Now, we know that the Hockey Podcast Network is mostly made up of men, of course, but I don't think any other show has more penis talk than our show, and I'm actually kind of proud of that. And everyone can deal with that, because it's very ironic, because mostly men love to talk about their own dicks. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. What about Stick and Rink? They're still in college. They might talk about their dicks a lot. I could see it. But... 
I think they're our only leading competitor yeah. for that title. Okay. I mean, I, I've i heard the Bruins guys get out there, too, so that it may be possible. But those, I feel like, would be the only two. Um, and so, you know, that's something. If the If the one show that is half female has this much dick talk... I don't know if that's a good thing. I don't know if it's a bad thing. Which, I just think it's a, an interesting thing. Speaking of, of Dick, I watched the History of Swear Words episode. Oh, it is so good. Like, and uh, it was that great. That whole series. <laughs> it was funny because I, of course, I wanted to figure out how in the world um, Richard became, like, Dick became a, the another nickname for Richard and apparently it's has to do with like rhyming slang. So they went from Richard to Rick and then they were like Rick to Dick and they thought that was funny. Um, we also found out that Dick is also, was also a name for a, like a whip on a horse was called a Dick. And then it kind of moved on from that into when people talk about Dick and they talk about it, is a euphemism for penis. <laughs> it was just, it was hilarious. Um, it, it's funny because um, there's there's a line in, um, there's a line in, I'm trying to think, of Van Wilder, I think is what it is. Yeah, I think, I'm pretty sure it's Van Wilder, where he goes, Richard, I didn't know you were a dick. Um, and it's like because his like fraternity or whatever like the letters spelled out dick and it was supposed to be kind of like a joke on that but ever since we've known richie we always make like that joke we go richard i didn't know you were a dick and then you know we progressively went into like dick flow and um I mean, even when you were gone a few times, we did random, like, dick joke hashtags. And and I think that is could be the reason why we end up going to these, like, dick conversations so often. Is because your name is technically dick. So we just keep on kind of going down that path. I think we've slowly been going downhill for years. <laughs> just, yeah, just like it is on most, because most of the the show, it's on Netflix, called History of Swear Words. It's kind of hosted by Nicolas Cage. That's kind of the encapsulation of that entire show, is that it's just uh, a kind of, it goes downhill from pretty much the start, because in every single one of those episodes, they describe it as like, it really didn't start out as being all that taboo some of these words and then it became that way and then for some of them they became less taboo it's a hilarious show watch it on netflix and uh, you'll enjoy it um don't watch with kids in the room though do not watch with kids in the room they curse a lot because, yeah oh they it's i do want to ask though because i had a very passionate very passionate um choice on this and there was I, I had like a ranking basically of which ones I use to the ones I least use. Mm -hmm. And I want to know which one you use 
the most and which one you use the least out of the ones from the show? Okay, this is a good question. I'm going to bring up the list of episodes we'll, again here, just so I remember. We'll have to ask the okay. coordination, too. We'll have to do, like, a poll or something. I think there's, like, eight episodes, though. Oh, we so can, oh you know what we could do? We know what we could do? Let's do a bracket. We could do... A curse word bracket? A, that is actually very on brand for us. Yes, and... Um, and then we can put it together because there's only six episodes okay, there listed go. here. Um, but we can add in two so we can make it like an eight-word bracket and we can have people vote on it. Genius. This is great. But here are the, the names of the episodes. Uh, it's Fuck, Shit, Bitch, Dick, Pussy, and Dan. The- <laughs> I just like, just like you going through bulldozing right through all of them. That was great. Well, well. I don't you I don't know if you've seen it or not, but one of my favorite comedy bits of all time, which I watched when I was Oh, I have I seen like I it fair, because of you. Yeah, Seven Dirty Words. George Carlin's Seven Dirty Words. Yes. I remember watching that back in like, I don't know, probably high school, maybe a little bit earlier than that. And there's a few that they left off of there. So maybe we can add in those. Um, we might get in trouble for it though, but whatever. Okay, so to answer your question. The one I use the most definitely is fuck. I think you know that, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the one I use the least, um, I, uh, I, I'm going to say pussy. I don't, use, I don't use pussy that often. So um, my, my most used is very obviously fuck. Um, probably how everyone has um, heard me on this show. If there, if I curse on the show, it's probably ninety-five percent fuck. And then you know, I I'll throw in random shit here and there. Um, and usually it's like bullshit or um, you know, who gives a shit that type of thing. Um, but the one I definitely use the least is pussy. I can't handle it. There's only one other curse word that I can't handle more than pussy. Like, I can't, I can't handle one of them. And it just, I don't know why. It makes me cringe deep down in my soul. And it just, cunt. The word cunt does not sit well on me. It just... It makes me nauseous. It's not like I'm like offended by it. It just makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, and that was uh, one of George Carlin's seven day words. And I don't, I don't use that word either. I don't foresee ever using it. Whatever. But um, we're not probably not going to include that one in the in the list of curse words. No, I mean but- it makes me uncomfortable enough that I would just rather not include it like at all. Yeah. 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 But okay, so quickly, if I had to rank these six here, there's and to like do like a power rankings and like how I would rank them in our in our in our bracket here. Uh, fuck is definitely the one the one seed. Um, I would say shit's the two seed. Uh, I would say. Bitch is probably the three seed. I'm going to go pussy is the four seed. Dick is the five seed and damn is the six seed. If we're just going off of those, that list. 
Okay, so I would say, um, fuck is the first seed, uh, shit is the second seed, um, I would say bitch is the third seed. I also say this as a female. Man calls me a bitch, shit's gonna go down. I, but then I still say, yes, bitch. So there's, there's certain, there's certain ways they explain it in, in the episode really well, because there's certain ways that it can be used and certain ways it shouldn't be used. Um, but then after that, then I would say damn dick and then pussy. Sorry, Richard. Dick's going down towards the bottom. <laughs> I I don't. Yeah, I can see that. Why? But like damn's not even a curse word. And they kind of explain that in the show. It's like. You can say it like it only becomes kind of a taboo curse word if you say God damn it. And even then it's like, okay, whatever. You're not going to piss a lot of people off with that. But yeah, stay tuned, Sporty Nation. We will have our curse word bracket sooner rather than later. Corey and I will get together. We'll figure out the two other words to make up the list. And then we'll come up with our power rankings. And then we'll let you vote on it. Now, I wonder if... If the THPN bosses are going to get pissed off at us for doing this. <laughs> I don't know. To be honest with you, I always wonder. I always wonder if, like, there are actual bosses of mine that are on on my Twitter, that follow me on Twitter. And I always wonder about that. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, hmm. I wonder if I come off a little too interesting sometimes. But uh, this is, this is going to be one of them that's definitely going to be pushing the edge. I, I do say, I think we could get a little bit of leniency if we mention the show, like if we tag uh, Netflix or like if mm-hmm. there's a profile for that show in particular, if we tag the show in our tweet, we might get some more mm-hmm. leniency because we're referencing a show. We're, we're referencing some type of art. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. That gives us context for it exactly okay uh we have let's get back to the the coyotes talk for a minute oh that was entertaining um it was also announced this week sporty nation very big news that the coyotes are making a little bit of history because Lindsay Fry, who is currently the coyotes director of external engagement youth and women's hockey she is going to be serving as the radio color analyst this season. She's going to join Bob Heathouse in the booth. And uh, and you can listen to them tonight if you're listening to this show on Thursday. And this is absolutely incredible. She is now the only the fourth woman to ever get a play or a color analyst gig with a team. Um, and uh, Sherry Ross with the New Jersey Devils, Cammy Granado with the Los Angeles Kings, Kaylee Chelios with the Tampa Bay Lightning, and now Lindsey Fry. Of course, we've seen um, AJ Malesko do a lot of work for NBCSN. We've seen um, uh, uh, Kendall Coyne Schofield. She's done some work with NBCSN. I believe this year she's doing uh, uh, some more studio work with the Chicago Blackhawks. So. Women in the booth becoming more and more 
prominent in the NHL, and I'm glad that the Coyotes are kind of a big part of that by making Lindsay a part of the broadcast team on a full-time basis this year, not just a part-time basis like Kendall Coyne has been in the past with the Sharks. Um, she's going to be in the booth for all 56 games this year with Bob Heathouse, and I'm excited to listen to her in the booth because she's going to be completely different than than Paul Bissonette was as entertaining as he was alongside Heater in the broadcast in the radio booth for the last couple years looks like Biz is going to be moving into a, a different role mostly on Fox Sports Arizona and other things but uh, once again the Coyotes ahead of the curve here and uh, really terrific job by Javier Gutierrez by the ownership by everybody by the broadcast you know, organization there um, to get Lindsay Fry to make a little bit of history in the NHL. Oh yeah, I think it's going to be awesome. I think um, her and Heater are going to go well together. Like I just really think that they're they are going to sound really good. And um, as much as you know, we're all going to miss Biz. He's still going to be around. He'll be doing the the pre and post and stuff with Fox Sports Arizona. Um, and he will still always be an ambassador for the team and be doing. Um, content that way it's kind of actually the direction that he's going more i don't know exactly what happened behind the scenes in order to you know where he's moving out of that role um but i would assume you know with all of the directions he's going in with everything with nhl and everything else this is kind of more um up his alley anyways and he's always so busy and traveling all the time um so that this probably fits him a little bit better as well and yeah it's just it's always cool i mean i i laughed because after she had gotten this job um uh, i don't have her tweet particularly in front of me so but like the gist of it was basically when people online are arguing about um gender roles about you getting a position online um that's when you basically have know know that you've made it and i thought that was very funny because of the fact that it's true like and you know there's always going to be passionate people in the fact because like you know they're they're big fans of biz or um you know they're they're used to a certain thing so they're always going to be very there's going to be those people that are going to be very passionate but like the fact that it has to be an argument or it's something crazy or weird and the fact that you know a a woman has this position is the reason why it's important that a woman has this position because of the fact that it needs to be more normalized and i think the thing that a lot of people don't understand is the really young girls right now that are listening to her it's going to be normal to them. That's not going to be anything weird. It's going to be to them, oh, I grew up um, being in the car with my parents or, you know, whatever else, listening to a girl color commentate um, a, an NHL game and, and be that way consistently to the fact that it is something that is normalized and i think that's a big deal and i think it's something that people overlook in it because a lot of times people want to argue the you know oh um the whole 
feminist gender part of it and it's there's really so much more to it than just you know like putting a woman in the role it's um you know giving a future where this is the normal thing where we're not arguing over the whole gender role thing and and whether people are getting jobs just because they are a male or a female it won't matter as much this is this type of stuff is the first step into doing that 100 percent. so you can if you want to listen to lindsey fry this year you can of course listen to her and heater and todd walsh and of course a friend of the program luke lipinski on the uh, coyotes uh, radio network this year which of course every game going to be on fox sports 910 once again which in case you didn't know i've been at fox sports 910 for seven years now which is insane Damn. i started i started the first week of january 2014 uh which was my last semester of school as an intern there and i'm still there seven years later and uh so you can listen to uh to them tonight and i can't i'm very excited to hear Lindsay on the call and uh to see her progress as a broadcaster oh and she's really busy as well because as we've previously already told you coming up later this month she is going to be taking part in um in the skating for layton campaign and she's gonna of course gonna be rollerblading all across the valley of the sun um raising money for the Leighton Ocardo Scholarship Fund, which we've previously told you about on this show. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, um, Skating for Leighton is still up on the Coyotes website, and you can still donate. Uh, yeah, you can still donate um, right now. It's ArizonaCoyotes.com slash Skating for Leighton to learn more about what Lindsey Fry is going to be doing starting on January 23rd. And... Uh, Again, she wants to raise $49,000 uh, in memory of Leighton. And uh, and you can still do that right now, which right now, the current donations right now are 19019 which is wild. If you think about that for just a second, Corey, why is that kind of a weird number? Because it's Not Shane weird... Doan's number Shane and Doan's he's just yeah. come back to the team. do 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 yeah, I'm actually going to screenshot that because... Because to start that conspiracy theory over there? Is that what you're doing? To start the conspiracy theory, but it's just like, <laughs> it's a good omen. That's what it is. Oh, it's, it's a good, a good omen. omen. Oh, okay, okay. That that makes sense. I was going to say, I thought you were going to throw out there the, oh, well, how is this a coincidence? So, yeah, still $20,000 left to get to the goal. And you can do that, ArizonaCarries.com slash Lane. Tweeting out the link momentarily with the screenshot to the 19,019 number that they are at right now. And uh, let's move on, Corey, to uh, talking about the, the opening night. Let's talk about opening night, the roster, some of the lines we're going to see against the San Jose Sharks to open the season. Um, before that, though, Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Corey underscore Ridgie Show, at Corey Ridgie Show on Instagram, and at HockeyPodNet uh, for the network. Some news coming down the pike here in the next couple weeks that you want to be paying attention to. And uh, also follow Corey on Twitter at Corey Nicole with two E's and me at rflores91. Going to be tweeting a lot about the Coyotes tonight and most nights. So to kick off the season against the Sharks, uh, the first bit of news is that 
Lawson Kraus was in the COVID protocol, so he was not on the ice Wednesday. Don't know his his availability for the opener quite yet. Um, but I, as far as we know, he didn't test positive, but he was maybe exposed to it, if I, if I was reading the news correctly today, because the NHL now is announcing um, players who test positive and slash or have a close contact. Um, yeah, they go et cetera, into et like COVID protocol. It's it's still a little bit vague. Yes, I'm also glad that they're actually telling us now instead of this un- that unfit to play crap that they were doing earlier this year, which or, la- or last year when they came back, it was like that was. I mean, stupid. it was part but of anyway. the contract. A lot of players requested it. Yes, I yeah. So Lawson Kraus maybe going to be out of the lineup. So the lines that we saw. On Wednesday during Coyote's practice were this. And I was kind of a little intrigued by some of these. And I don't know if you were too, Corey. But top line, Barrett Hayton on a playing wing with Nick Schmaltz and Connor Garland. Second line, Drake Kajula with Christian Dvorak and Phil Kessel. Third line of Clayton Keller, Derek Broussard, and Tyler Pitlick. And a fourth line of John Hayden, Johan Larson, and Christian Fisher. And then... The defensive pairs are, are the same as last year. That you know, OEL Demers, Chicker and Goligoski, Osirli Jalmerson, um, Ilya Labushkin has yet to join the team. He's still going through visa issues, so that's why he's not in the lineup quite yet. So uh, to me, the biggest thing that sticks out to me in, in terms of these lines um, that we might see tonight and going forward is number one, uh, Barrett Hayton playing wing, which I did not expect. I expect him to to play center. I think both you and I figured that he was drafted as a center but he's on the wing for now and then the second thing that was kind of fascinating about this was drake kajula being on the line with dvorak and kessel kajula not an offensive firepower by any means to play on your second line um he's more of a a guy that is in the mold of kind of what bill armstrong wants which is he kind of plays the game a certain way and you know how he's gonna how he's gonna play he's gonna you know not play dirty, but he's gonna he's gonna play phys- he's gonna play a, a a more physical edge to his game than maybe we've seen in the past. So he's not really gonna get on the score sheet, but I, I'm fascinated by by him being up in the lineup so high. Um, and then of course we uh, we also learned that Derek Broussard is gonna be an assistant captain here to begin the season too. Yes. Um, so. Uh, that was actually announced uh, today, and or I guess t- yesterday when you guys are listening to this. Um, yeah, he's going to take uh, Derek Stepan's place as the alternate captain for at least the first five games. Um, Rick Toggett was quoted saying, I liked his camp. He's a veteran guy. He's played in some big games, and I think he's got a calming influence. Um and he added that it's possible that Broussard will keep the A for the entire season. Maybe I'll float the A from here. I want to see who can step up in certain situations. So he's kind of dangling that carrot, but he's giving it to Broussard for right, from right now, which is kind of interesting considering the fact of how new he is. So, um, you know, you're, you're kind of throwing it at the new guy right off the bat. So that's kind of interesting, and you kind of wonder where Taka is going with that, especially because of the fact that he's saying, like, maybe I'll float it from here. So it's definitely, he's trying to get 
um, a rise out of his players. He kind of did the same thing when he did the no one's a captain, everyone's an A. Um, we all kind of thought that was like him coming in, trying to assess the team. But I think it was also um, his way of motivating. Like, I think it's one of his motivating factors. It's kind of one of the things that he likes to do to try and pressure his players um one of the things that i also um going back to the lineup that i thought was kind of interesting was uh clayton keller on the third line honestly that that also um threw me off a little bit i i wasn't particularly expecting that yeah i agree and he's he's playing with Derek Broussard and tyler pitlick who Again, aren't the most offensive players in the world. Tyler Pillick, again, he's one of those, you know, grind him out type of players that can get under your skin quite a bit. Um, so to have one of your guys who you want to score more often playing with two guys who we know aren't known for their scoring ability is quite interesting and again, this is going off of what we saw Wednesday at practice. So these probably are going to change, but just it's weird at least to start for now. Um, again, I, I, I'm very I'm very intrigued by some of these matchups um, at at the moment. But um, who who knows? Maybe it lights a fire under Clayton Keller. Like kind of what Taka was hinting at there in that quote about the captaincy and whatnot. Um, I want to see who can step up in certain situations. I love that. I love that to a T because, like we've talked about, that's what this team is all about this year. It's guys finding a way to increase their production somewhere, somehow, and be more consistent. And that's what I talked about in a video I put out on my Twitter account the other day, which is, you got to score more, and the way to do that is you got to be more consistent. And that's what, that's what we're looking at from this team this year. That's what Rick Tockett seemingly is hinting at here in his quote, which is, I want again, I want to see you can step up in certain situations. Be more consistent, you know? And uh, and Clayton Keller playing on the bottom six, you would imagine that's going to light a fire under his ass. He'd be like, what the fuck, you know? Uh, I, got, I have something to prove here and that I am a top six guy. Well, and you also have to wonder, too, if it – it, it's putting pressure on him to score more. It's putting pressure on him to be a finisher instead of a playmaker because of who they're putting him with. Like, this is the role we want you to play, and we are pushing you into that. We're not giving you anyone, you know, we're not giving you someone that you can work with and, and feed them. You have to be the one to finish on this line. I wonder if they're putting that pressure on him too, and, you know, adding little heaviness to that line due to the fact that Keller is a, a little bit undersized in that regard. So to try and help him out on that end, but there's a lot of different things. I felt like that was the most interesting line to me because of the fact that it's, there's so many things that you can kind of like pick apart on that. Yeah. And, uh, and we're going to see it again coming up later tonight. In case you're wondering, Sporting Nation, the Coyotes are indeed the favorite tonight in the opener against the San Jose Sharks. Um, according to Bovada.com, they are minus 130 on the money line. So hockey lines usually pretty close. They don't move very much often from that. So 
In case you're wondering, the Caddies are indeed favored to take home the win on opening night. Just uh, We only have a few minutes left here, Corey, because we're closing in on the hour mark already. Shocker. Um, so I, I got, uh, let me pull up one. We already did one random shit story earlier in the show, so we can, I can do one here. Uh, let's take a peek here. Which one do I want? I have some, I have some, I have some great ones this week too. I'll save for, I'll save them for Sunday. Okay. Uh, here's this one from, uh, the Daily Mirror, which has a story about a family from, from Orlando, Florida that wanted to go on a nice little vacation. The problem is that they accidentally book them into a sex hotel for the holiday. Um, they discovered that their room included free sex toys and had mirrors on the ceilings above the beds. There is a viral TikTok video about this. In the video, she explained that her mom booked a hotel in Miami and didn't know it was a kinky one. <laughs> she showed a video featuring the mirrors above the beds and the complimentary packs, which include condoms, lube, and a mini vibrator. <laughs> she also showed the Naughty Lovers kit and the bar packed full of bottles of vodka and champagne. And apparently they stayed there. They didn't. They did not move to a different hotel. I mean, you can drown all of the awkwardness in vodka and champagne. Mm-hmm. Right side. I mean, heck, it's probably a good... If they got a good deal, why not? What a... How do you miss that? Like, genuinely. I don't know, because there was a comment. There was a comment in the TikTok video where somebody said that my mom almost booked it and then read an article that it was for swingers. So this is apparently a very well-known sex hotel there in, in Florida. <laughs> Again, the story comes out of Florida. Shock. Yeah, I, I still don't I still don't get how you don't know about this. Like, it has to say something somewhere. There has to be, like, a legal thing where they have to say something. I Yeah, I agree. Like, I'm sure, like, when we've looked up hotels in the past online, we usually go and look at reviews, etc., and you try and do a deep dive on, like, where it's located and all that kind of stuff. Apparently, none of that research was done here, so they got what was coming to them. That's encouraging. Yeah, I would not let let her book anything ever again. I'd be like, if that's how thoroughly you vetted something to where you ended up at like a sex hotel, then then you didn't vet it well enough and I would not trust it. No, mm-hmm. you're not booking anything ever again. I'm sure it's a, it's, it's a great story to tell for like ever. It's great jokes to tell people. Be like, ah, that one. You remember that one time, but like, in in the moment of it, you're just like, mm. and especially like now during COVID, you're spending so much time like in wherever you're staying and stuff like that. You're not just like out and about all the time. That it just makes it worse. Well, they learned their lesson now, didn't they? Oh yes. <laughs> Do your research on hotels, Spurry Nation. If we taught you anything tonight, 
It is the history of how Dick became a nickname for, for Richard and that do you should do your research on hotels. Yes, these are very good life lessons. We mm-hmm. That's why That's why people listen to the show. We teach better life lessons than the was it Dutch? What 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 country did that come out again? Dar- Denmark? Denmark. Start with a D. Denmark. Um I know obviously it's 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 Holland, not not the, they're the Dutch people. Yeah, I, I before anyone wants to give me shit about that. Um but um I just remembered something with a D. Um but yes, so we teach better life lessons than the penis show out of Denmark. So we've done something. <laughs> Stay tuned for the curse word bracket coming to a Twitter page near you very soon, I'm assuming. Uh, until then, we will be back with you on Monday after the Coyotes have played a couple games. Um And we are excited about that. Enjoy the game tonight if you're listening to us on Thursday, Sporty Nation. Um, Any any last words? Um, Stay tuned for our bracket. We may even... It may have already been posted, to be honest with you. Because I'm thinking about maybe posting it tonight after we finish this episode. Because we might want to do this as like a late night sporty thing. Because we're going to be getting a little bit um, on the censored side. So we might have to pull a hashtag late night sporty on everyone. Sporty after dark. Sporty after dark. I love it. Mm-hmm. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to the show. Appreciate it. Enjoy the games, everybody. Welcome back to the NHL season. Until Monday. Good night and good hockey, everybody.